You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge Knives. Now, Outdoor Edge has a large range of fixed and replaceable blade knives and game cleaning kits. Now, imagine this. You just shot a deer in the backcountry or an elk or whatever, and it's time to break it down right? It's hot. You're a long way from the truck. So time is a factor and you got to get the meat back to the truck. So there's no waste. Your blade becomes dull. So instead of having to stop and sharpen the blade, all you do is you take your outdoor edge knife, you push a button on the handle, the blade pops out, you put a new blade back in and you're back to work. You get back to the truck, there's no wasted meat, everybody wins. Now, if you want to find out more information about Outdoor Edge and their complete line of knives and game cleaning kits, all you have to do is go to OutdoorEdge.com and when you check out or you decide you want to purchase a knife, enter the discount code NATION30 and you're going to save 30% off of your purchase. That's NATION30 and that's OutdoorEdge.com. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. I've been looking forward to this podcast for weeks. (laughs) I swear this this podcast it might be the death or birth of <laughs> it's gonna go viral for good or bad We're maybe. Going viral yeah I think uh man we we've been back and forth on some of these topics and ideas and just kind of not only that whether or not other. we should even do it I know I know and I think that everyone knows our personality enough now through the podcast that can figure this stuff out so we're gonna. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna send it on out there and just obviously <laughs> and and please and please 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 remember the title. It's a joke <laughs> throughout this podcast. Things I wish were true. Yes, is the title and the theme and the purpose behind every one of these topics that we will discuss within the podcast. <laughs> so here's what I want out of this. I want people to message us. On social media, Land and Legacy on Facebook or Instagram, or shoot us an email at info at landandlegacy.tv to tell us the things they wish were true. Yes. Yeah. Because this is a joke, okay, people? This is, this this is, is a this is a joke. And, and it's a soft J. It's a yoke. 
it's 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 meant to be humorous. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to meant to uh, enjoy all the things that we all see on on uh, you know, social media, talking with friends, talking with buddies. But um, hey, if you email in or comment in the things that you wish were true, the winner gets a free hat. There we go. Maybe yeah, and maybe I'll we'll have another up. podcast, right? Reviewing those next ones too yeah. down the road. So. Things we wish were true. Before we get started, though, we want to thank one of our partners who make this podcast possible. Oh yeah, Vortex Optics. God, I love it. Partner of ours. Great warranty. Great products. The warranty. Great warranty. The best warranty. It's a. It's pretty stinking awesome. <laughs> I mean, you send something, you break something, you do something, something happens. Send them back. VIP warranty. Probably get them fixed. Or if you're like me, I got a new pair of binoculars. Yes. Because of my own good. stupidity. But you can also. What? Oh, get on. I, I was going to see if we were that. In tune? In tune. Oh, no, not You quite can also. Thing. Go to the apparel shop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And use promo code LEGACY20. Right? In LEGACY20? LEGACY20. 20, all apparel on Vortex website, vortex.com. Be sure to check it out and use code LEGACY20. You know what I'm looking forward to, though, this year, Adam? And we don't talk a lot of, about, about it a lot, I guess, but rifle season? We both got 350 Legends Winchester. Yep. Topped with a nice vortex scope. I'm ready to use that thing. I'm ready to see it just crush some deer. So we'll be sighting those things in here soon. Really yes, soon. Yes, we will. I'm ready. Man, I'm really excited. For sure. You know what I'm excited for? Things I wish were true. Now we're talking. Yes, things that I wish <laughs> in land management were true. And guys. And some hunting, actually. Yes, and some yes. hunting. This is a joke. Remember. <laughs> there is no scientific evidence for any of this. These well, statements. You can make some indirect correlations <laughs> with some of these, but not these, all of these them. These statements are, are meant to bring fun and laughter. This is not science. This is this is a, a not a new direction, but just a fun a fun yes. change for, it's like for the podcast. It's like we look at this as a way to encourage landowners. Uh, when we look at this, uh, when we created this podcast, topic it was to try to think of ways to encourage our normal normal people who maybe not even listen to this podcast sure. yeah. um to get them to do things that were beneficial to what we preach yes yes, yes and yes. things that we would we wouldn't say to get them to do this but yeah. the end result is yeah maybe that happens and hey if that happened more i'd be on board with yeah. it it's like i wish i could get that guy to do this practice but if I tell him we're doing it for this result, he wouldn't do it. But if I told him that he needed to do this because it was going to stop this, he would go. He would be out there the same day cutting them down. Or it would be like, if you do this practice next year, you will have a Boone and Crockett on your property. Things yeah. like that. That type of yes. encouragement. And um, I really think you guys are going to enjoy it. I I. I I'm anticipating a lot. We're going to think of more probably even after this. After it, during it, all of it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um. Oh man, do you want to jump in on the I first do. one? I do. 
because I've got a couple more I'm adding to the list just because my mind's been wondering um, or wondering. uh, Number one, things I wish were true. Coyotes are expanding because of invasive species on the landscape. (laughs) Everybody by now knows we are not fond of invasive species. But yet, most deer hunters are not fond of coyotes. So we we put them together. So so if we married them, if they didn't like coyotes, but they knew that an invasive species cost more coyotes, yeah. then the invasive species would be gone. <laughs> yeah, problem solved overnight. I didn't know if you knew this, but yeah. coyotes are expanding it's, because of the invasive. You can you can try to hunt coyotes down and kill them or trap them, but it's just easier to kill kill their home, which is invasive species. Right. Focus on the habitat, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know there's some campfire around right now that's going to listen to this podcast. Some guy's going to bring it up. I hope they didn't even buddies. listen to the first 10 minutes of this podcast, <laughs> yeah. and they turned it on and was like, you hear that, guys? We need to go kill that autumn olive. And they're cutting it down at night. <laughs> Headlamps, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to treat the stumps, though, guys. Yep. Coyotes are expanding yep. because of the invasive species. You know what else happens out there on the landscape, right? What's that? Midges. <laughs> oh, oh! stop right there. Everybody, midges are what caused the spread of EHD. EHD, yes. So EHD, or some guys call it blue tongue, even though it's not the same thing. Yep. Late summer, you have massive kill-offs. It's, there's a small little insect called a midge. Kind of like a gnat, right? Kind of like a gnat that, that bites the deer... Yep. That causes the death the of inf- that deer. The high, the high fever, high body temperatures yep. kills the deer. Yep. Everyone, uh, so, you know, a lot of people know that. There's been some, you know, incredible, you know, what was it, 2012? Throughout a lot of the Midwest. 2012. And, was, was and last year was really bad for yep. some people. There was parts of Kentucky, yep. parts so, of northeast Missouri, lots of, lots of places that were having a big die off of. Because so, of EHD, because of these midges. And, the and, the problem and with through the midges. some research, we found the breeding ground. <laughs> no, no, not the research. You can't say that. <laughs> through, f- through a friend. <laughs> somebody told us. I read yeah. this in a magazine. There How about go. that? Yeah, yeah. I read this in a magazine <laughs> that midges, midges, their breeding ground yeah. is on the limbs of eastern red cedar. Son of a gun. <laughs> I knew I knew there was, I didn't there like had Eastern to be some Red correlation. Theater. I knew if I didn't like them. EHD spread the the massive EHD kill-offs are happening where there's tons of uh, tons of eastern red cedars. So oddly enough, we can correlate the two together. You knew that everything is linked together. Nature is a cycle. So <laughs> one thing links to another. Midges, breeding grounds, eastern red cedar, eastern red cedar, then must go. You can call it coincidence. I just I call, call it research. <laughs> <laughs> I call it research. That's right. Oh so, man, that's right. Midges. I'll shake the man of the the hand of the man who wrote that article. <laughs> that's one fine article. Yeah. Oh man, there's some research out there that's about as about as good. Um, midges are the uh, midges breeding ground is on the limbs of eastern red cedar. So take it to the bank. Take Soil it health can be fixed quicker with natives. What? Wait a second. This we actually, snuck a true one in. Yeah, we, 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 we wanted to make sure you're on your toes, actually. In the world of soil health, mm-hmm. because 
thankfully, more and more people are becoming aware of it. More and more people are wanting to be conscious of it. There's a need for it, right? I mean, there's a a definite need. Up until 20 years ago, it was just considered dirt, whatever. Now we realize soil. We know more, more about soil health than we knew yesterday. Yep. 20 years ago, we didn't know a ton about it. It seems like we're learning more and more about it. But we still don't even know a fraction of what's actually going on. But we know it's important. We know it can be tied to a lot of things, both um, in the world of, I can't believe I'm even going to say this, but climate change people are, whether you're for it or against it, they're conscious of soil health. Farmers are being conscious of soil health. Yep. Um Air quality people are being conscious of it. Crop farmers are certainly knowing and paying attention to it. So more and more people are thinking about soil health and how to improve it. And food plot guys are really thinking about it. Yeah. And are trying to really focus on how to do it. But the focus right now is on how to do it with food plot species, which are 95% non-native. Here's what I find ironic. We're trying to improve soil health as hunters only in our food plots, <laughs> which which we know that food plots, typically speaking on most properties, are, are much less than 10% of a property, correct? Yep. So if we're only trying to focus on soil health on those acres, that's pretty dang selfish. But, but if we actually improve the landscape on the 90% plus that's remaining on the property by restoring native habitat. If you care about soil health, you care about that 90 other percent of the property and you, you care about restoring the landscape that was once there. We can do that through native vegetation and through habitat restoration based on historically what was growing there. Not every site had top-of-the-line soils, but they're better than what they are now. Yeah. We can get it back with natives. And and, and a lot of times, too, it's it's uh, annuals. Sure. They're planting annuals, which don't have near the root system that a perennial would. No. And so it's just like, gah! So, oddly enough, that one's true. Snuck it. Snuck it in there. Had to. Had to. Did you know that autumn olive is causing... Not not just causing. Directly. That's a more serious word. Autumn olive, unequivocally, is causing deer antlers to be smaller. (laughs) Yeah. Did you know that? I did not, but I know I'm going to cut all my autumn olives down. I also heard that bush honeysuckle... Does the it's same. very similar. <laughs> it has a, a similar it, effect to the antler. How does it do it? Does it does it attract parasitic things to drain the nutrients to the to the antlers? It must. Must. I think it is when when they're with We don't velvet. know, we just know that it's true. <laughs> we can't explain it. It's a phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. But when they're walking through or bedding it makes sense when you don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think too long. <laughs> yeah, when they're walking through, it's the oils on the back of the leaves that drain mm. drain mm. the the energy and the the 
the additional growth from the velvet during growing season. So you must get you you just I'm gonna get rid of them. Is what happens. You get bigger antlers. So. So far, we know that coyotes are expanding because of invasive species, so we know we're cutting invasive species because we hate coyotes as deer hunters, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Midges are uh, the breeding ground for midges is on eastern red cedar, so we know we're going to cut eastern red cedar. Boom, uh, EHD is solved. Mm -hmm. Soil health can be fixed with natives, so we know automatically we're going to go plant natives. Yep. Because we're just trying to improve soil health. Voila. Um, autumn olive is causing deer to have smaller antlers. Directly causing. Yes. Yes. Directly. So we're gonna go cut autumn olive once again. Did you did you also know <clears throat> not only are coyotes expanding because of the invasive species, I read just the other day that coyotes also prefer and do better in mature forests. Oof. Like closed canopy forest, closed canopy. Like it's it's honestly, they don't like the sun. Ooh, <laughs> that's They're, a good one. It's kind of like a tan. They don't. They like to be in the shadows, kind yeah, of thing. They're they're, They're kind of pale skinned. <laughs> <laughs> we better stop right now. Yeah, they, but that, it, they seriously they like they like the closed wow. canopy forest. Coyotes like closed canopy forest. Man, I wish that was true. <laughs> I wish it was so true. They'd be cutting. I mean, the guy. If this if this podcast dropped at four a.m. on on Tuesday, by five a.m. there would be a five acre clear cut done somewhere in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, but Man, I, it, it it really comes. Coyotes down to the sun. hate closed canopy forests. It's really that shade component. No, they the love sun. it. Actually, they love they, it. They I said the, they hate yeah. it, but they love it. They so they lo- thrive in closed canopy forests. Thrive in the closed canopy because. It's kind of the the anti they can just sun. Pass right through it. Yeah. Undercover. Undercover. They By can the run run full speed yes. and not have sticks and shrubs scratching them. Who wants that? Yeah. Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> Where did you read that? What what magazine? Oh, no, no, just social media. <laughs> oh, perfect. I know it's true. Yeah. It was a headline. I just saw it. <laughs> it was viral. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, did you hear in the world of CWD? Now, scary. What is, what is CWD? What, what do you mean? Is that it's chronic death, wasting? death to you. It, it okay. just means d- dead deer. Oh, uh, yikes. Now, CWD is very serious. Like, like all joking aside, CWD is very Correct. serious for deer hunters. Yes. But going back into our podcast realm for this 30-minute Yes. Joking podcast. Did you know there's a direct correlation with <laughs> with CWD hotspots? Okay. Yeah. So where they're finding lots of deer, higher than 1% of high the deer population. Rate yeah. Of CWD? Okay. Yeah. Is being directly correlated with high amounts of cool season non native grass. <laughs> so you better spray that stuff right now. Wow. Get rid of it. Yikes. Oh, that's no bueno. <laughs> Bad news if you're cool season grass because you're getting I killed. I mean, if those odd areas aren't gone tomorrow, <laughs> there will be sure to be found CWD there. <laughs> so by the wow. end of the oof. Yeah. Wowzers. So cool season grass <laughs> is spreading CWD because it's holding 
the prion. Well, where did you hear that? It's, it's bringing prion. It's pre- I read it. It's where did I read that? I think I, re- I heard it on a podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, jeez. <sighs> well, this is bad news because okay. we're guilty of this. But hinge cut, you know, those pockets of hinge cuts where it's just nothing but hinge cuts. Like the pockets. Specifically like the-, the ones neck high. Sounds those, dangerous. Those really tall hinge cuts yeah. that we've done and everybody's done. Well, they Wait, found I, some what research. Mean, what do you mean we've done? Yeah, we haven't done it. <laughs> um, okay, they found, what, I what did they find? I've been looking all over lo- online because yeah. I want to do them, but I cannot find a neck chap. <laughs> it's called chain mail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the chaps that you wear? I've been right. trying to find the one for my neck yeah. so I can do those high hinge cuts. Oh, no. Can't find it. So <laughs> I haven't got to do them yet. But I just saw research where they found that <laughs> high hinge cuts, pockets, steer deer off your property to your neighbors. And your neighbors, and it's specifically steering them to the neighbors that like to shoot young bucks. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll never high hinge cut again. That's yep. not good. Not good at all. Not good at all. So Son of a gun. Well, mm, mm, mm. it just, I mean, what do they do, though? Like, did did the article talk about, like... It scares them. <laughs> it scares yeah. them. It, they right think they're running into a wall. So then, then they just walk that wall right to the neighbors. <laughs> Straight to them. <laughs> right down the line. That's right. Daggum. Yeah. Well, you probably shouldn't just go in and, like do large sections of clear cuts, I'm guessing, from now on. The future does You not should look probably, good. what what they were suggesting is you should probably mix it up and not do strictly hinge cuts. You should do more flush cuts, and you should do more just general clear cutting okay. to, to, to not scare the deer into your neighbor's property. Because, I mean, so. I'm, I would assume that's like opening day spike forky massive yeah when they really start getting pressure and they start running it's something about that high hinge cut (laughs) it's almost like an arrow pointed like go that way google maps they just put it in and just take it right (laughs) to the neighbor they're like right turn (laughs) yeah right on to the neighbor so yeah bad news if you're a high hinge cutter strictly oh gosh i won't be using that technique yep oh man this next one Mm, mm, mm. it's scary Back in the world, because as a deer hunter, we know we hate we hate EHD. Like, mm-hmm. it's scary, because we can't really control the death. So, therefore, the midges scare us. But um, those massive mineral pits, where it's like generational, yeah, 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 yeah. like, pools of mud and muck, yeah. are uh, breeding grounds for midges. That makes logical sense. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it, right? Yeah. Because yeah. we know midges like mud so, and cedars. So you're telling me if if that's where CWD, or I mean, if that's where EHD comes from, then, then there'll be some massive kill-offs. But what about, how does CWD play into that? Into that one? Same thing. Yeah. Yeah, same, <laughs> same research. <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It's 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 the acronyms. It's both have yeah. three letters, so you just it's interchangeable. <laughs> oh man. Oddly enough, yeah. Try to pull back to outside of the joking podcast that, that this is because most weeks we're we're very serious yeah. about stuff and this week we're just this laughing is like, and this having is a like good recess. Time. Yeah. <laughs> For us. <laughs> CWD and EHD are not the same thing. Correct, correct. And they're in no way, shape or form should be managed the same way. No. 
and 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 yes, there's that on that argument that's like EHD kills more deer than CWD. False. Right. Like long term, not sustainable to to downplay CWD. It's not going to work. Right. I don't. It's bad news. I don't know. EHD is more scary, or CWD is more scary than EHD. Ever thought about being? I saw the other day. I think it was on Instagram. But it was it was it was someone's post, and it said something to like the extent of, um, and I mean I just straight up believed it. But it was like monoculture, such as corn, soybeans, pine plantations, will directly reduce antler size by thirty inches annually. What was that? Monocultures. Oh. Like pine plantations. Really? There uh-huh. must have been some research on monocultures because later on my list, I, I get back to it. Oh, really? Yeah. My list hasn't updated. <laughs> oh, really? Well, you're well, going to be in for a real treat wow. later on because so I'm adding I'm as guessing, we go. I'm guessing monocultures then just from the whole antler reduction. Well, the research I saw said that, uh, that planting and managing monocultures actually caused cancer in the state of California. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think that. Wow. Interesting. So, California. if that's something you're doing, you better not do it. In the state of California. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you ever seen those little labels? In the fishing world, anybody who fishes has seen those labels. I don't really fish. You'll pull up a fishing lure and there'll be like a little tag that says, you know, this product contains a substance that's been known to cause cancer in the state of California. Wow. And you're always like, high risk in California. Yeah. Wowzers. What else you got? Have you have you been documenting other research lately? I've been trying to, yeah. Following following the latest articles and things. What what else did you find? YouTube stuff. Well, on YouTube <laughs> that's a whole nother ball game because that's video proof. That's right. Yeah. If it's on there it's one hundred percent fact. Um where were we at? Uh, oh, yeah. You said, what did you say? You said monocultures. Yeah. Monocultures like pine plantations, mm-hmm. um, cr- you know, crop fields like. like Switchgrass plantings. Switch, yeah, that too. Soybean fields. Soybean fields. Um, soybean food plots, specifically. Because we're not trying to, we're not, we're not even trying to rip on uh, ag. production ag because that's, that's. It needed yeah. for food feeding, but but those all, all you know all of those reduced antler size per age class. Even the spikes per age class reduced antler size by thirty inches annually. Oh snap! Well, I'm not planting monocultures anymore. That's for sure. That is for sure. Oh, sometimes I wish it was true. Hmm. Corn feeders. This was research done in Texas. Okay, so probably where there's a lot of corn feeders. In. Lots of corn. A lot feeders. of data points. <laughs> a lot of data here. <laughs> corn feeders were feeding more predators than prey. I believe that. <laughs> and you know, this is one of those. I wish it was true because, and the reason we say this one is because sometimes too much time is focused on feeders, yeah. and not on true habitat management. So yeah, sure. we say we wish it was true 
because people would spend more time on habitat manager on habitat management than they would on actually refilling feeders and monitoring feeders and trying to fix feeders and buy feeders and put out feeders and all things feeders. This is a very common common trend, and, and we work with a lot of land managers, um, those who are hired to do the the daily tasks for landowners. But we talk with them a lot, and we're like. We want to understand, or, or hunt clubs, but um, we want to understand, like, you know, where's your time going? Yeah. Where, where are you putting your time into? Time management. Because that time management is a, is a direct correlation to the impact that you can or may, you may or may not be having on a property. And if what we, and this is no joke, what we commonly see is that feeders, 100%, is, t- is the most time-consuming aspect of a of a land manager who if they is have a a pretty strict feeding program yes hundred percent and money like it seems yeah. to be the biggest expense it's, it's the biggest expense and and time expense as well and then what do we see you either see or hear the comment large <coughs> amounts of photos are of raccoons sure yep hogs bears yep all things are trying to avoid and voila. They're, they're attracting them. What they're I don't feeding, especially late winter. Yeah, like yeah. When everything stresses, like there's tons of tons of raccoons. What well, I don't understand is, yeah, you know, y- you're you're upset, frustrated by the fact that you have an increased um, observation of predators and concentration of predators at a feed site when you're trying to give that food to, you know deer this and that but but you're feeding at the same time the predator who who then during trapping season you're cussing you hate them right i don't don't get it it's like yeah you you're creating an environment right here where you're where you're adding stress to the deer that are trying to feed here and they're surrounded by 16 raccoons or we're trying to eat the same thing yeah that doesn't make any sense and at the same time you're attracting all the other deer so you have a an animal who a mature buck who's not that social anyway, and you're trying to bring him to an area where he has to deal with all the other deer that are in that local area. You so know you've what got I hear? Social stress. 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 And feeding and and lowering stress of of predators because you're making it easy for them to find forage. Yeah, and and you're you have less of them on the landscape if you're not artificially or supplementally feeding them. You know, we talk about. Yeah. I mean, it's a supplemental feed program. Don't think that it's a supplemental feed program just for deer or just yeah. for turkeys. You're actually supplementing and artificially inflating the acre's production for predators, like a raccoon. That's what you're doing by feeding annually. doesn't make sense to then be mad at the raccoon for creating a better environment and easy access to food for them. That's right. Sorry, cutting link email came through while we're recording. Ooh, and anything good? And definitely peaked up. First picture, it was kind of like there's a rack on that deer. Mm. It looks rather large, but he's too far out there for me to tell. Interesting. Yeah, and I don't even. Yeah, I don't think it's who we're looking for. But anyway, um, you know, next one. Not managing your does 
equals not shooting bucks. Hmm. I wish it was true. And it kind of is. Kind of is when you talk about quality. When yeah. you bring in that, that quality deer. For sure. It, you know, that, that, um, that How many soul focus. How many times of, do we see that? Where I want to shoot mature deer, so I stop f- managing my does. Wow, my doe population is out of control. Sky I don't rocket. see as much buck. I don't see as many bucks as I used to. Well, they're social animals. Some of them don't like social um, stress, so therefore they're going somewhere a little bit more secluded. Yeah, and so that's something that you know, it kind of is true. But I wish it was more true. I wish it was more documented where people were like, okay, I really need to manage my does. Because if you manage your doe population, well, first off, we'd have more venison that we could give to people in need or share with friends or whatever. But at the same time, we'd have a healthier landscape because some of those places, a lot of those places, there's too much browse pressure on our young forest um, to where we just can't hold as many deer. And therefore, we end up losing a lot during late winter, yeah, <clears throat> or other stress periods. So, I I really think that we need to grasp and hit on it. And, and there's another podcast brewing here um, where we really discuss and herd management, yeah, the implications of herd management. Um, I really don't know of a place that we've been on and have managed where doe numbers are so squared away every single year that we're seeing deer, bucks, in optimal health. Yeah. What you see a lot is... Because of balancing out the carrying capacity and balancing out exertion of the rut and just overall number of mouths... On the landscape. What you end up seeing is you'll see a guy who goes into an area and he starts killing some giant deer for the area. And then all of a sudden he kind of dwindles away because he did something to the habitat or food plots where there ends up being more deer. And all of a sudden he's got too many deer and he's not shooting the big deer that he was early on. And then he just moves on to the next area or tries to find the next area. Yeah. Um, or he stays there and he just grinds it out. He just doesn't shoot as many deer as he used to, or as uh, the quality of bucks that he used to. So, right, right. Shooting, managing your herd, whether it be shooting or just overall trying to improve the health, is is important. I wish it was true. Mm-hmm. I, I wish it was certainly true. The next one came out of Georgia. You know they do more prescribed fire in Georgia Ooh. than in any other state. Yeah, and they found that prescribed fire stops the spread of EHD and CWD. So if you're concerned Attacks about them. those, yep. If you're concerned about those, prescribed fire is your answer. That sounds like a winning solution to me. And pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, prescribed fire is, you know, relatively easy to implement. Kill it all. You know, it kills the CWD prion. It kills the EHD midge. Fire does Gone. amazing things. Yeah. Gone amazing forever. Amazing things. Yeah. So you better wow. get to burning. Burn it down. Wouldn't it be great if that was true? Yes. Ticks kill deer. Fire kills ticks. That would be great if it was true. It'd be, that would be great if it's true. Here's, wouldn't here's wouldn't what it I be amazing if, if land management was that easy to direct? Clear cut. Ticks kill deer. Fire kills ticks. I'll say this. And everyone, I mean, I remember learning this in, in first grade. Food web. 
Oh. And 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 I want to first grade. That's like third grade. Come on. In in Missouri, but I grew up in Virginia. Yeah. They're a little bit Where delayed. They, they didn't even <laughs> teach you how to say your mom's sister was pronounced <laughs> the correct way. <laughs> but there's there's very little linear. This does this, and this is that. There's oh. way too many other factors. Again, a web is an intricate design of one thing leads to many other things or affects many other things. And I wish that was true, but it's not. Oh. I, I think that you s- you can see potentially a reduction in, obviously, duff layers that yeah. ticks dwell in, but the hosts of ticks you're attracting them right back into the site by doing prescribed fire yeah you know so boom they're bringing ticks right back into it it's 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 a, it's a temporary it's, void it, it's very similar to like trapping predators uh-huh. it's a very temporary void before ticks are right back into that 50 acre burn unit that you did yeah not that you got rid of all of them in the first place but yeah still temporary void yeah next one and I think I said this, monocultures, monoculture planting and management causes cancer in the state of California. Yeah. Yeah. So avoid those monocultures. Yeah, you should. And then uh, the last one that I have for this podcast, and this is one that may reoccur three months from now. I may have another one. Um, spraying pesticides on your ponds to kill midges. Research out of Iowa found that you're actually killing deer. How? Airborne? And it just gets in their nostrils, The, the huh? residue there gets in their nostrils, cuts off blood flow to their lungs. Ooh, that's not good. Kills them. Dead in a doornail. Instant. <laughs> <laughs> Instant death. It's, it's oh, even quicker wow. death than EHD. No, say it ain't so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. And, that you is know, so I la- we laugh about spraying the pesticides because, but, uh, yeah. If, don't, just stop. Just stop. If you're even having that thought, just stop. No, put it down. Back away from the sprayer, sir. <laughs> don't even look at it. <laughs> don't, don't touch it. Don't even look at it. You know, I, I that's a that's a dangerous game you start to play. You're, you're targeting one insect and killing hundreds other beneficial ones the 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 mode of if you will termination of the insect through the herbicide or through the pesticide excuse me is not a selective process no it's a wide-reaching process that has a detriment and an impact to a lot of other types of Insects that we need. Crop production, pollination, insects, brood rearing habitat. We've got to have insects life. We need it for birds. You know, we need it for feed. Uh, It it is just so important. And when we go out willy-nilly and are applying pesticides, the selectivity and the impact, uh, it's, it's very hard to gauge. Um, it's a dangerous game to play. Very dangerous game. You know, with all this, if it, <clears throat> if if they were to, if all this were true, and we were to take this as the as the the truth, 
we'd have a pretty awesome landscape. Mm-hmm. We'd get rid of invasives. We'd get rid of cool season grass, <clears throat> non-natives. We would have diversity. We would have sunlight coming through our forest because, you know, those coyotes, that yep. they love close canopy forest. Mm-hmm. Um, if all of that happened, we would have one outstanding landscape. Prescribed fire would be used. Yeah. 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 I wish it was true. I don't know if you heard this out of the, this is out of Oklahoma. They found a direct correlation with rotational grazing in 200-inch bucks. <laughs> I'm going to start rotating those cows. <laughs> Did you know out of Maryland, they they found out that just, you don't even have to consume it, but just the presence, like the aromaticness of Japanese stilt grass will cause does to only produce does. Zero bucks. <laughs> Zero. No, oh, snap. no more antlers. So if it's on your landscape, you you might want to get rid of it. Did Just you saying. know the the blooms? This was out of Alabama. These states are gonna <laughs> fine us. <laughs> the blooms of yeah. autumn olive are so stanky. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the terminology uh, he used. <laughs> this was it research quotes? paper? Stank- yes, stanky. No, the whole thing was the caption was okay. <laughs> Autumn olives blooms so stanky <laughs> that turkeys leave the landscape. Leave, leave it. I'm out. <laughs> Just pack up and it's, migrate. I could. I notice they they picked up migrating patterns. I'm a little leery of that research. <laughs> however, however, if you had told me Bradford pears, their <laughs> blooms were so stanky, I would believe Not it. Not stanky. Stanky, stanky, <laughs> but I would believe it though because their blooms also—they do stink. smell like dead fish. Yeah, yeah, and they're Bradford they're pears are so invasive. stanky that deer gun. don't even want to be around them. They they reject rubbing them. <laughs> yeah. They they're actually—I don't know if you saw this. This isn't—it's not like super funded research yet. Oh, but it's not peer reviewed. Yeah, 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 yeah. All this research we mentioned so far has been peer-reviewed. <laughs> you might say it's hearsay. And by peer-reviewed, I mean one guy sitting around the fire and he told his peers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. <laughs> you, you might look at this a little skeptical. I don't know. Maybe it's just you. Maybe it's just me. But Bradford Pears, if a deer rubs his antlers, and this goes along with with eastern red cedar too, if they rub their antlers on eastern red cedar, yeah. That antler automatically sheds. Mm. It just falls off. See, I always had the assumption that it was kind of like acidic, and it and it slowly kind of ate away at the antlers. It well, that can happen. And that's okay. what causes brain abscesses. Ooh, ooh and then you'll find ooh. the dead deer shed out. No so antlers Eastern and red the brain cedar abscess causes brain abscess. <laughs> the sap from eastern red cedar causes brain abscesses in white-tailed oh, deer. Man. Boy, I wish it was true. We could go on forever. <laughs> I yeah. I hope everyone obviously knows that this whole thing has been was fun. It, though, was a it a joke? Was it a joke? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> it's just a backwards way of trying to get people motivated to thin cedars, plant diversity. Prescribe fire. Use remove prescribed fires. Yeah. Thin some timber. Definitely. Definitely. Rotate some cattle. I I think that... Um, I don't know. I think that we're the last d- thing I heard, though, 
peer reviewed out of the, uh, this was out of Georgia, I think. Also, oh, I thought I thought it was out of Hawaii. But kudzu patches were cause were causing the 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 drastic the high humidity levels during the summer months. High humidity levels. Yeah, that and Chinese privet. Yep, <laughs> true story. Sweet gums too. And sweet gums too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that. Well, I, I here's what I know. I am feeling more positive about the direction of conservation and land conservation than I did four years ago. I'm seeing, despite some misinterpreted, uh, maybe silly practices, seeing way more improved acres across the landscape than ever before. I think people are starting to get there. I think people are starting to realize that that there's there's got to be some harmony with the land. We've yeah. got to treat it right. We've got to do the right practices because if we don't, we're having these invasives creep in. We're having these trouble issues. Yeah, you know, we we talk a lot about that in the other podcast this week, but we're getting there. It's a long game to to redirect the course inform people and not only inform but then encourage people to get out there and change the landscape and impact it positively it's a long game yep but man i i'm i am encouraged by people like you who are listening right now oh i thought you were saying about me i was like oh i'm encouraging you cool but we get that we get the positive feedback we get the pictures of of improved habitat get the messages in get the emails and all that is making an impact guys I, yep. I don't care how 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 big of a project you got done this year it's the fact that you got it done it's the fact that you implemented and you went out and did something yeah that's the positive and i want to jump into a plant profile brought to you by pure air natives pure air natives of course cwd or cwd wow oh, crp gosh. mixes custom <laughs> Blends. We've worked with them on edge feathering blends, yep. prairie restoration blends, um, food plot screens. So we've created screens on the edge of your plots where they're going to do better um, competing in, under the semi-shade of the canopy. Um, check them out at purenatives.com. But this week's plant profile is one of my all-time favorites, Prairie Blazing Star. Oh, and she's getting ready to pop. I mean, it's starting right to now. see it all Ooh. over in the Ozarks, really starting to bloom. But um, it's a perennial, loves sun, also likes moist soil. Um, it can grow three to six foot tall. It's kind of more purple, but can kind of be somewhat pink. Yep. Um, and what a fantastic bloom. A beautiful, like, that spike. And they start in ju- July and they can go up into the fall. Yeah. Um, but they start blooming. Interesting, and uh, and um, you know, check them out on Instagram too. Yeah, because they do great with their plant, and so that's what I'm here. Air names, kind of yeah. highlighting as one of theirs, and uh, it begins to bloom. It starts at the top and works its way down. Interesting. And so you'll see the start blooming at the very top, and it's kind of like a cylinder shaped um, spike. Yeah, it can be eight inches long. You know what the top reminds me of. And I don't even do this justice because it's not native. pipe cleaner. Well, like when you're mullen, a, a mullen top. Oh yeah, yellow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yellow mullen top, but it's yeah. beautiful purple and 
bigger flowers on it. Like thick. Like yes. The, the, it just looks like a solid purple thing. Uh, pipe cleaner. I think of like elementary mm-hmm. school yeah. using doing artwork with pipe cleaners, but a lot bigger than that. And lower, uh, so it works its way down lower half. Um, massive root structures on yeah. lacing stars can be over ten foot deep into the soil. So I love it. Awesome stuff. Great for um, um, bees, butterflies, other insects, and also hummingbirds. So. Yeah. Check I, I, out I Prairie Blazing Star and check out Pure Air Natives. Plant your legacy. Absolutely. Pureairnatives.com, but also nice, awesome following on social media, Instagram and Facebook with lots of great information you guys can check out every single week. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Don't take it too I, serious. I know I did. <laughs> but um, appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Yeah. Thank you.